This is the Chippewa Valley Geek Actual Play and Community Theater Podcast. Portal Under the Stars. A Dungeon Crawl Classics Funnel. Okay. I might. We are playing Dungeon Crawl Classics! Woo! And I played this at uh, Clearwater Con, and I had been a little leery of it, but when I played it, it's like, holy crap, this is actually really cool. Did you play a funnel there? Uh, it was no. It was a first level adventure, so we played like two first level characters. But I dug into it a little bit, and the thing it has going for it is that the adventures for it are actually really cool. So this is absolutely a throwback type of system, uh, throwback to old school gaming. Generally, you are right at the dungeon door, and it's. It's supposed to be deadly and hard and all of those things. Except somebody thought it would be a throwback to first edition to suddenly make up dice that didn't exist yeah. 20 years ago. Well, that was... <laughs> Plus, I'm writing the game, so I like weird dice, and I'm going to put them in. So it is a D20-based system. Everything in it is going to be seem pretty familiar. And the adventure we're playing tonight is the one from the book called The Portal Under the Stars. So I have with me Jack and Brian. Say hi. 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 Uh, and introduce your six characters each. What do you got, Brian? Just give me name and occupation. All right, I have Mick the Pick, the locksmith. <clears throat> My soldier, Zena Pokovitz. <laughs> My street urchin, Scrawny Scooter. Supposed to Tiny Tim. Uh, Elven Forester, Woodsy McGillicuddy. Uh, Olson Larson, the parsnip farmer. <laughs> And my minstrel, Senator Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I'm thinking you'll die soon. <laughs> One hit point on that minstrel, huh? Okay. okay. Uh, who do you got, Jack? All right. I have my animal trainer, uh, Siegfried Roy. <laughs> Very nice. Well played, sir. Uh, my hunter, Hans Off. <laughs> my elven glassblower, Keebler. Um, my turnip farmer, Rupert Egglesworth III, Toby the Slave, and Heidi the Herder. Okay. I didn't know what Heidi's last name was. I like her already. Pufflepuff. This is the part where the GM reads a bunch of crap. Eons ago, a primitive war wizard named Ingarthex ruled this land with the aid of barbarian tribes and strange creatures from beyond the stars. When his mortal form was close to expiration, his alien allies instructed him to seal himself away in a protected tomb. Within the tomb, the war wizard could then use astral projection to travel the stars beyond our world. He intended to return later to take possession of his mortal body, which his spirit could do when the stars were properly aligned. However, the war wizard's extra cleaner adventures did not go as planned. Now his body sits perfectly preserved in the tomb built protected by enchantments and the remains of his barbarian hordes. If these defenses can be bested, the treasures within are ripe for the taking. Uh, just making sure you said hordes, right? Hordes, okay. yes. And, uh, A lot less interesting. <laughs> the Your characters probably aren't aware of that background, but that's like the, the story background. Uh, 
For long years, you labored in the fields like all the peasants, sweating hot and dirty in the summer, only to shiver under threadbare hides when winter came. This year's harvest ended like all the rest, and Autumn's work was hard on old man Roberts. When you visited his bedside at the end, he spoke in labored breaths of constellations that hadn't been seen since he was a young lad. The last time the empty star had risen in the sky, it was more than fifty winters past. Under the light of that strange star, a portal opened by the old stone mounds. I saw jewels in there and fine steel spears and enameled armor. But I'd run, I ran when the Iron Men attacked. Now, on my last breath, I wish I'd taken the chance on the life of an adventurer. The empty star is once more rising. Young women and men with courage could be more than just another peasant. If only you'd take the chance, I didn't. <laughs> You're taking that chance. You stand before the monolithic rocks of the old stone mounds under the dark light of a starry sky. The empty star is clear and bright above you. Three of the large stone blocks lean haphazardly together to form an upright rectangular portal about the size of a man. They seem to be placed directly beneath the star's path. As the empty star ascends to its brightest point, its light catches in the portal, and a shimmering stone-lined corridor is visible through the stones, but only from one side of the opening. Grasping your pitchfork with white knuckles, you step into the starlit portal, which was not there before today. Thoughts of jewels and scorching wheat fields foremost in your mind. There is the map. Do are we going to be needing tokens? No. Okay. If you can just like put an X down if it's relevant. But so yeah, here's the portal, and uh, so this is opened into a hallway that leads to a door. Even though the hallway is visible from only one side of the portal, you tread on solid flagstones. The starlight fades as it reaches into this hallway, which dead ends ahead at a stout iron-banded door. Jewels or crystals in an odd assortment of star shapes are inscribed on the door. Is there a latch mechanism? No. Hmm. Somebody okay. strong should go push it. Okay, let me see here. <clears throat> okay. Hey, Toby, you go first. Alright, story so, of his life. Roll a d20 and add your strength modifier. 13. Uh, no. You shove and shove and don't feel like you're making any progress. I'm sorry, what was carved on the door, did you say? There are... Jewels in an odd assortment of star shapes inscribed on the door. So it looks kind of like a constellation, maybe. Any constellation we know or recognize? Mm, give me an intelligence check. <laughs> no, nope. that works very now. Nothing. Unless I roll six times. I'm guessing that's kind of metagamey. No, I was... Are you, are you saying what I was doing? No, I mean, if I roll once for every character. Oh. That seems a bit much. Yeah, I'd say as a rule of thumb, you use your best character's right. stat. Um, <clears throat> the 
constellation looks familiar, but you're kind of... Mm, you see the same constellation looking back out through the arch. Okay. But it's like... Oh, it's like one of those Newgrange things. Okay. Okay. Is there any movable parts on the door? Not that you see, particularly. Okay. Uh, give me a search check. Okay. Which is intelligence. Um, Siegfried got a 12 on that. Mm, nope, not that you can tell. Okay. Scooter will try to pry one of the gems off the door and see what happens. Okay. Uh, with... What's he got to do that with? A stick. A stick. Okay. Let me borrow a dagger. Okay. Uh, you start prying, and a searing light burns from the star-shaped inscription. You take two. Oh, give me a reflex save. DC 10. So just, yeah, roll an edge. 10. Uh, you take one point of damage as you... Dodge out of the way, not taking the full brunt. Scooter is critically injured. Of the screen light. There goes half his hit points, huh? Yeah. By the way, what happens when we get to zero? Are we just dead, dead? You're dead at zero, period. Uh, At higher levels, there's a little bit of wiggle. If you're saved within a level number of rounds, or a number of rounds equal to your level, you can... So I tried to do that with a character with two hit points, and you rolled a d8 for damage. Mm. Okay. <laughs> for that particular thing, yes. All right. Wow. This is like the uh, tabletop version of Dark Souls. <laughs> this is why we have six characters each. <laughs> and a few extra bags. Or, or what is that, Call of Cthulhu? Just make a whole stack of characters, because sanity is awesome. Well, what else can we do? There's uh, no mechanism or lock or anything... No, nope, it looks like uh, either it can be battered open or someone smart can figure something out. Uh, Olson Larson, the mm. parsnip farmer, will step forward because he thinks a lot out in the fields. And he's going to push the gems in. Okay. Like the buttons. Like you push with the sheep. Doesn't do nothing. Okay. He will cycle around to the back <laughs> of the queue. Okay. Um, been sitting there playing when everybody's waiting to punch the lady that's working. <laughs> so, you said there's nothing that moves that we can think of. Someone strong should hit it. Someone strong could hit it. Okay. <laughs> Toby will grasp his club and attempt to batter it open. Okay. With a 10, I'm assuming that hits. Are you rolling your strength? Yeah. Uh,. You hit it, yeah. It does not open the door. No, I mean, should I roll for damage? No, it's just a straight-up strength check. Oh. Stout door. What we need here is a peasant real gun. Stout door for stout folk. Um, Truly, it is a well-made door. You have not seen the door this well-made. Mick the Pick will step forward. I know doors. I am a locksmith. I never before have I seen a door so well made. I'm going to now try to smash it. Oh! I'm sorry. There is a pick lock. So there does appear to be a locking mechanism on it. My apologies. Alright. We'll go for that. It's a skilled check. 
So just uh, because you were a locksmith? Let me ask this. Is the number to make the picking lock lower than the number to smash it down? Um, it's the same. I will smash it down. Okay. 18. Uh, you, you do actually manage to uh, hit it in just the right spot with your knowledge of door construction, quality door construction. There you go. The door. That's how I pick locks. <laughs> and make me a reflex save. Jesus. 19. Okay. Only half damage from the searing, the searing lights again. Half of four is two. Mick the pick is dead. That's too bad, because he was like the best character. Apparently not. <laughs> he served us well. Well, that escalated quickly. You enter the next room. Okay. Across from this room is another stout door. Four iron statues flank the door, two to a side. Each statue depicts a different fighting man in a round iron helmet and thick scaled armor holding a long spear in a throwing position. All the spear tips are aimed at the door through which you just entered. So okay. I'm going to shoot at us the second you step in the room. You can give me a uh, awareness or an intelligence check from each of your best characters. Okay. Fourteen. Five. Okay. I'm wrong with Who, who uh, got the fourteen? Uh, that would be Olson Larson, the parsnip farmer. Well, Olson Larson notices these appear to be like there's joints in the arm holding the spear. Huh. Like these are some sort of machine. Yeah. But there aren't joints in the legs. Like otherwise it looks like a statue. So either it's designed to throw the spears across the room when something is triggered, or they expect us to go stand in front of the statues and die. <clears throat> well, I will say that... Are there parsnips in front of each statue? No. All right, so I don't think that, that is the design. Right. Siegfried, is, I'm sorry, hands off uh, as a hunter is, you know, he has to be able to get through pretty rough terrain. He thinks that he should be able to make his way through this quietly and without any disturbances. Okay. And with a three, that's an utter lie. Okay. So he, walk, he basically tries to walk forward to the other door. Alright. So when he enters the room, all four uh, statues, you hear sounds. Uh, which of your characters has traveled at all. I'm guessing my soldier. Your soldier. So when you were in uh, you were in a distant city where there was a mad wizard who built this great tower and you'd gotten to tour the tower and he had built this hellish contraption with all these metal wheels with teeth on the outside and strange springs and and he claimed it was a device for knowing the exact time of day which is ridiculous because you just look up and look at the sun right? But uh he claimed it was better than that. And that's... Th these statues make sounds like that. There's like a click, 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 spring! And the spears all fly. Reflex? No. One of them's going to go to... Uh -huh. No reflex save. 
One of them is going to throw at hands off. What's his armor class? Uh, Eleven. Okay, that one of the spears hits him. Okay, you killed him. He's got one hit point. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> See, you don't have to worry about like how will I manage six characters. It gets simple quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Who's your next guy? Uh, Siegfried Roy, the animal trainer. Okay, that. What's his armor class? Ten. That hits. For four. <sighs> Two down. So, first off, you had an animal trainer, and the animal you gave him was a pony? It was all randomly rolled. I was going to say, that's the other thing. Did you randomly roll the occupations, too? Yes. Because these make no sense. <laughs> like, in terms of their stats versus their... In terms of... Like the world's weak, weakest blacksmith, and your locksmith is My like locksmith a has a strength genius. of 17. Yeah. My soldier has a strength of 9 and an agility of 11. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, she'll be good with this spear. No, not so much. <clears throat> okay. Who's character number 4 there, Ryan? Woodsy McGillicuddy. Alright. What's his armor class? 10. Oh, uh, that hits. Oh my god. For 3? He lives. It's an Elven stamina. It's going to be a short night, I'm guessing. And who's character number three? Scrawny Scotty. That misses. He's a wily son of a bitch. One spear misses out of the three. Uh, after they throw their spears, they make no further movement. Okay. Okay. Heidi steps forward, muttering something about idiot men, and uh, examines the next door. Okay. 17. On the intelligence roll to see what she can see. Uh, This door does not appear to be locked. It seems to open, be able to be opened freely. Okay. She pushes open the door. Alright. Is anyone grabbing spears or armor? Ooh, that's a good idea. Wait, that that's actual armor, not part of a statue? Yep. They are wearing kind of an enameled scale mail, and there are four nice spears on the floor. Um, I'd like a couple of them. Toby's going to upgrade. Okay. Senator Mitch McConnell will take a spear. Okay, spears do D8, and scale mail adds four to your armor class. Woodsy McGillicuddy will take one of each. Okay, so I've taken one of each. How many do you have? I've taken two of each. You can have one more of each. Uh, Keep what I'll take it. And of course you can assume that any equipment that a fallen uh, character has. We'll take his tools and his oil and his flask. So, Olsen Larson, the farmer, is walking around with a holy symbol and a hen. Uh... Sort of a gonzo scenario where he just keeps walking around cutting the chickens. Makes sense. Oh, Rupert has a duck, so he's right there with you. Okay, that makes sense though, because yeah. ducks are delicious. Oh, yeah. yeah, you could have passed. He's positively quackers. Um, Alright, so uh, Heidi is going to be taking the short bow also. Off of, uh, hands off. I'm assuming that comes with arrows? Yeah. Okay. Yep. We should make sure to keep bringing the pony. We want the pony? Oh, sure. Okay. 
I'm going to get trapped in here and need the meat. All right. Uh, <laughs> looking into the next room. Uh, this spacious chamber has marbled floors and a door on each wall. At the far end is a towering granite statue of a barbarian, one hand outstretched, index finger pointed toward you. Me? Well, you generally. The muscular savage wears animal hides, but his eyes are intelligent, and his engraved neckline sports amulets and charms. A grimoire hangs beside a broadsword on the hip of the 30-foot-tall monument. That is one big sword. Grimoire? I think that's like a spell book. Yeah. Is it an actual book? Or no, no, no. It's a, it's a big statue of a, of a dude. Okay. Uh, so it's all in stone. Right, but somebody could be like attaching a book to the statue that we would have. No, it's a stone. Okay. Uh, it's in the statue. Yes. Okay. Have your best characters each give me an intelligence check. Your smartest characters. Well, let's see. He's still alive. Kind of... Uh, eight. Nine. Okay. We're doing great. So, what do you do? Uh, people have straggled into the room and nothing seems to be happening. Can't go wrong, we're going right. You said right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll go right. Oh yeah, there's... Let's vote on it. Five to four, we go right. So yeah, we'll go... Not that I know what the room looks like, but... Room five. Okay. There are there is a door in the right hand wall. Checking that, it also seems to open be openable. I mean, it's not locked, or there aren't any further locked doors in this. Okay. So, Woodsy McGillicuddy will slide the door open. Okay. It opens, and uh, he seems to be looking into. Uh, this musty room is clearly a burial chamber. Seven shrouded alcoves hold piles of loose bones. Rusty arms and armor adorn the walls beside each alcove, and funeral masks are mounted beneath the loose skulls. Nice. We should get the masks. Alright, let's see. could possibly go on. You know what? Yeah, Keebler sees the masks. He's just he thinks he sees quality, so he's going to bring them and maybe use them later. Okay. So Woodsy and Keebler both go into the room? Yes. yes. And as they do, <laughs> the... The anti-elf ray. The statue, <laughs> kind of there's this... And it pivots, and the finger points hmm. toward you as you're going through the door, and it <laughs> shoots out a burst of flame. At the two of you. Okay. Oh, joy. Uh, DC 10 reflex save for those two. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I rolled to hit. 12. Nope. And 21. One hit point. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Woodsy McGillicuddy... Uh, is not Toasty McGillicuddy. Goes... <laughs> Yes. Like the human campfire marshmallow. <laughs> and uh, Olsen Larson will take that scale, man. <laughs> well, uh, before he can, the statue keeps pivoting and continuing to fire gouts of flame. Does it seem random now? Or? It seems more random. Like, it seemed to be triggered by exiting the room, 
but now it's just spinning around and targeting. So I think it is fair. Well, describe what you're doing, what your remaining characters are doing. Scattering. Your elf is safe. He's in the room. Weeping. Um, Shitting themselves in fear. Okay. Praying to Wolfman. I think they're all going to try and dive into the room. I suppose, yeah. Because the walls would at least offer some cover. Okay. Just diving flat. So, I think what I'm going to have you do is roll a reflex save for each of your characters. Uh, If you get a 10... Or better, you make it into the room, and everyone else is going to be a target of an attack. Okay. Good. Rupert makes it. Toby definitely makes it. Holy crap. Heidi's bone. That's it. Senator Mitch McConnell is exposed. Alright, so is Heidi. Heidi. Poor Heidi. Bye, Heidi. Mitch McConnell. Uh, 21 to hit. <laughs> one damage. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. But, 1d6 additional burning damage each round thereafter until a DC 10 reflex save is made to put out the fire. Okay. Give me that now. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, Heidi. 13 versus other class. It's Okay. Dead. Four damage. Bye, Heidi. Heidi does not get the reflex save. These are same problem. Rupert Egglesworth show acquired the scale mail. Or the, uh... No, never mind, no scale mail there. <clears throat> Take an additional one damage and give me another reflex save. Yes. Okay, you managed to stop, drop, and roll and uh, extinguish the fire. So you're all... And uh, this this guy is... The statue is like... Ka-foom, ka-foom, and there are five flame jets shooting out, and then it stops. And it's kind of like... Can we rummage through the bones, see if there's anything useful all right. before they animate and attack us? Sure. Uh, who's going to rummage? <laughs> Senator Mitch McConnell. Okay. Why not? He's close enough. He he goes in, and uh, there are seven different piles, and as as he gets close, they do start to kind of move, but it's like the skulls (laughs) kind of do like the chattery teeth thing. Yeah. Like, they try to bite, but they're disassembled. They can't, they don't really seem to move. Okay. Or not well. So they, they do animate. Uh, uh, but they don't seem to be uh, terribly effective. Okay. Uh, Toby and Keebler shall um, smash the skulls. Okay. Or as best they can. Sure. Alright, so first Toby. Toby gets a 5 to hit. Probably not. Keebler gets a 10 to hit. Okay, you need an 8. Okay, so Keebler hits. Damage is a D8. Keebler does two damage. To the skull. Okay, he smashes a skull. Okay. And uh, the one that Toby tried to attack kind of tries to bite uh, and misses because it just doesn't have that much reach. They're at a pretty big disadvantage. They don't do a lot of damage, but they don't need to. Well, 
Once more with feeling, I guess? Sure. 17 and 15 both hit. Both hit. Uh, f- 5 damage and 7 damage, respectively. Yep, both destroyed. Okay, so that's 3 down. How many were there? 7? Seven? 7. Uh, three damage. Dead. Four damage. Dead. Okay, so that's five. Two left. Uh, both hit. Four and seven. Okay. Yep, you managed to smash all of the skulls, and then the the bones kind of go quiet at that point. Now we take the masses. Somehow. My crew is pretty relaxed right now. Um... Because I, I noticed that when Woodsy got burned up in the doorway, uh, he had in his equipment a pound of herbs. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> They're all sharing the herbs. We're all pretty chill right now from yeah. the contact death. high. Yeah. Well, contact high of the death of our Conrad. Well, you would think, you know, there's got to be a really bad setting for that sort of thing, man. He was Elvish, man. Never mind the set. Look at the dude on the back of this book and tell me that's... <laughs> Inappropriate for this setting. Like, that's just your opinion, man. (laughs) Most of the weaponry and armor in this room is rusted and worthless. But a hand axe, a battle axe, and a set of chain mail can be recovered. Okay, what's the chain mail? Uh, Chain mail is plus five. Uh, However, due to their age and brittleness, uh, it's effectively plus four. Okay. What about the axes? They are both minus one to your attack, again, because they're kind of old and yeah. like marginally useful. So minus one to your attack. Uh, hand axe does d6 damage. Battle axe does d10 damage. So you get full damage, but minus one to the attack. Toby's getting the battle axe, unless you want it. That's okay. Can I get the hand axe? Sure. You know, one guy left with the full weapon. So. Sure. Um, I can give him a spear if you want that instead. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Alright, so Toby shall hand the spear over to... Uh, scrawny Scooter. Scrawny Scooter. Actually, Woodsy had one too. Yeah. But isn't Woodsy's a little charred now? Oh, we're not dealing with equipment damage. Right. Nope. That's why I'm transferring the scale map. Some worse. It's a little blackened, but um, smells looks more metal. Than it that. smells like long pork bacony. Okay, so um, you want to try room four, man? Sure. Okay, so we shall go across carefully, just in case this thing's got more sputtering to do. Okay, it still pivots and tracks you, but it doesn't seem to. Be able to. Yeah, until we only shoot flanks. Until we open the next door and it gets the second charge. No, you open the door to room four and it doesn't seem to be changing its. uh, I suspect whatever gnomes were feeding it the fire to ignite its flame have uh, gone on strike. Okay. Alright. Because I have no engineering knowledge and I have a sophisticated awareness of labor laws. A wide stone throne faces you from the center of this square room. The walls are hung with primitive clay tablets, head high, and inscribed with strange symbols. Each tablet is a few feet wide, and there are dozens hanging on the four walls. 
However, your attention is riveted to the enormous snake that has crawled out from behind the throne. It is ringed in crimson bands the color of hellfire and has a demonic horn in the center of its fanged head. Christ. I was like, ooh, we can kill a snake, something. Oh, no, it's it's hellfire. Okay, so there's seven of us. How about this? Would you be okay to do the random chance to see who figures this one out? Figures one out. Who's going to go up to this? Oh. I'm just figuring we'd all try to stab it. Okay. Well, this is going to go straight into initiative. Okay. Oh, uh, shit. It says, in a sibilant hiss, of course, I am Sisseragh. <laughs> that's, that's spelled S S I S S S U R four A's, three G's. Wow. You know, and you intrude on my guardianship. <laughs> the third so, is silent. <laughs> you, <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be Cicero. <laughs> that would be silly. <laughs> of course. Uh, you have the time to say that. Then, without parley or hesitation, uh, <laughs> it attacks before, before you can react. react. So, the way we're going to do this like party initiative is just roll initiative for your best character. It's your agility modifier. Oh, look at that. What'd you get? 21. All right. So, party Brian on 21, party 11 11 for party Jack. So, it attacks, but somehow the lightly stoned foursome uh, (laughs) seems to have read the situation better, uh, and they're able to wade in. We're in the zone. That's just, yeah. Auto zone. Uh, okay, so just start attacking. Who would have yep. thought seeing tracks would make you Ace, Ace and 13. Okay, Xenopokabits will close and miss. Now we know why she's not in the army Wait, anymore. What's the AC? 13. 13? Oh, jeez. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell. I'll get you, you snake. Uh, Olson Larson, peasant farmer. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> strength of five. We'll distract it by throwing his his hand at it. Yeah, uh, he'll attack. You never know. No. Scrawny scooter has a spear. No. None of us could hit the snake. You might be seeing too many snakes in your condition. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody get him, man. Attacking random directions. Okay. Would you always have a line of good shit? Um, am I next? You're next. Okay. All right. You said it was a thirteen. Thirteen hit. Toby swings and misses. Keebler connects, as does Rupert. Okay. So give me damage for Keebler and Rupert. Uh, that would be two from Keebler. Okay. And I'm grabbing another D8 because this is taking too long. And one for Rupert. Alright. Uh, the snake uh, hisses in anger and turns on Rupert. No, turns on Keebler. Uh, who hurt it the worst. And bites 
with a 10 versus armor class. Uh, is deflected by the awesome armor. Curses! We're back to the top of the initiative order. Okay. So, King Brian. <laughs> Scrawny Scooter. No. Olson Larson. Big money, big money. No whammies. Big whammy. Senator Mitch McConnell. Jesus. Your whole team has decided that the best way to fight the snake is at extreme range. <laughs> That's why we have the spears. Shake the spears in. Gently with the chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> four more whiffs. Okay. Alright. Toby connects for six. Unless nice. strength's added? Yes, you do add. Then eight. Okay. Keebler misses. As does Rupert. Alright. Uh, so who did the good hit? Uh, Toby for six. Toby, the snake. Oh, sorry, eight. Snake is going to turn to Toby. That hurts us. Bite. And that'll connect yep. with a 23. For four damage. That's a shame. I expected him to be the last one living. Because of his roots? Uh, I just figured it would be ironic that since he was the slave character, he was being shoved into every room first, and if he was the last one standing at the end, that would be a kind of TV movie sort of justice. Yeah, well. Sci-fi. Sorry, LeVar. Weekend movie, I should say. So do you uh, bury him under a thing that says Kunta Kinte? That was the joke, yes. yes. His name is Toby. It's not Toby. Okay. Uh, Team Brian again. Oh, boy. Try getting a step closer this time. You know what they say, the ninth through the twelfth time is the charm. Uh, okay, Xena Pokebits. Fuck me. Scrawny Scooter. Twelve? Nope. This is the closest I've gotten. That's amazing. Olsen Larson. Nat 20. Oh, minus 2 is 18. Well, it's still a, it's still a crit. I, well, oh. So let us go to our crit table. I just imagined it was like a, a big parsnip. That Does it mean we have to get up and walk? So roll me a d4 plus your luck, modified by your luck. Wait, what? What's a your d4 luck? d4 mo- modified by Zero. your luck. Okay, nice. so yeah, just a d4. Three. Crack to the head, plus 1d3 damage. Foe goes last next round, which he already does. But, so give me uh, your damage plus d3. And add your strength modifier to that if you haven't. Didn't know. So. Alright, a palpable hit. The snake is uh, uh, knocked for a loop. You can continue your attack. That's the power of the power snip. Senator Mitch McConnell gets a 19. Very good. Almost be a D8. Four. All right, the snake uh, ceases to exist. High fives. Its body dissolves into ash, leaving only the demonic horn behind. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors for the horn? I'll let you have it. Okay. Um, Keebler shall look at the demonic horn. 
Uh, being an elf, you're kind of naturally, magically attuned. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that this is uh, certainly an item of great power, but its function is not yet clear to you. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Let's see how we kill Zarga. Okay, so is there anything else in this room? Uh, there are the tablets on the walls, which seem to be telling some sort of story. And are you looking around? Yes. Uh, so give me an int check. Uh, Lino, read good. Okay. Oh, int. Wait, is the language uh, not one you recognize? Neither common nor elvish. I can get a 16. All right. Uh, you're also looking around. And, like, the door that you came through swung shut. And you look back at the door. Uh, so this room seems to be a dead end. Like, there's no doors leading out of it. But the door that swings shut, when you look at it from the direction of the throne, it's like, hey, that looks like a portal. or It's showing you stars unlike any you've ever seen before in the night sky. Uh, the constellations are moving slowly across the sky, shown in the portal. But it, it's... You can't walk through it. So. Okay. Well, we're stuck in this room now. No, you can open the door. Oh, okay. It's like a, it's like a mirror on the back of the door. Oh, but okay. it's showing you a view of a different universe. Cool. Alright, so... Room 6? We shall leave room four and then go behind said statue to six. Sure. Okay. Uh, again, the statue tracks you, but it's nothing. Uh, Let me group gestures at it. Okay. So my starts fire again. <laughs> uh, so yes, the door to room six opens again easily. And you look into an enormous chamber filled with a large rectangular pool of water running the entire length of the room. Diffused light shines upward from the pool. So it's like there's light coming out of the water. Illuminating wide pillars lining the walls. Strangest of all, however, are the man-shaped crystal creatures visible in the shadows. They shuffle about slowly, their strange crystalline bodies sparkling like jewels whenever they catch the light from the pool. There is a door in the far corner of this chamber. That's not creepy as fuck. And since it's dark in here, I'm assuming you have torches. I guess we didn't go into the whole thing with torches, but you have a lantern or torches or some light source. Sure. Okay. So those are pillars? Yeah, those. Cool. Mm-hmm. There's weird crystal things moving in the shadows. Yeah. The uh, And actually, they start coming closer to you slowly, not aggressively particularly. But they're, they seem to be fascinated by your torch, and they're holding their hands out to the flame and just kind of like they're not making any noise. But as they get closer, you can see they look very much like people, but somehow trapped into the unending hell of their crystal bodies. Okay. Are there people trapped inside them? No, no, they've been crystal. almost like transformed into crystal men and women. And holding the torch closer, they don't seem to melt? Nope. They seem to like either the light or the warmth coming from it. But they don't uh, move aggressively toward you. 
Although they do seem to hover around annoyingly, when, like small cats. Okay. Um, is there any funny smells in this room? Mm, give me a... Sorry. Uh, no, I, I mean in the, the dungeon. <laughs> no, the water seems... It's not brackish. It doesn't <laughs> smell stagnant or anything. But it is obviously water? Or... Uh, yeah, it looks... The, it's a little weird because looking down into the pool... The bottom of the pool seems to be painted black. And the light, when you look down in there, there's like all these gems set in the bottom of the pool to make constellations, almost like like stars in the sky. I'm sensing a theme. So people yeah. needed to get cable. Um, and the light is coming from the gems. Why? They already had the stars channel. The door's not red, is it? The door is not red. Why would the door be red? Because it was painted. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see it. <laughs> the sparks are connecting. Yeah, okay. It took me a minute to get there. So. Uh, Alright, I will waltz across the room like nothing is wrong at all towards the other door. Uh, nothing is wrong at all? I mean, yeah, you're able to walk unimpeded across the room toward the other door. Okay. I'm... <laughs> I will open it before he can get to me. <laughs> Should we throw something into the pool? Probably a bad idea. Toby? Sure, let's throw Toby in the pool. Okay. One, two, three, heave. Splash. Gurgle, gurgle. And he sinks to the bottom of the pool. And, like, that helps you see a little, like, depth a little more clearly. The pool's about three feet deep. But that was it. <sighs> okay, so it's about three feet deep. Mm-hmm. And now it's up. And now there's a dead, a dead slave in it. At the bottom, yeah. You should uh, try to drink something. Some of it. Okay. Rupert is parched. Alright. He shall grab uh, the flask that he took off of Toby and fill it. Mm-hmm. And then proceed to drink it. It's water. Alright, and fill it again. Before it gets all like corpsified and gross. Okay. See the. Oh god. I kind of feel bad that we now just destroyed the purity <laughs> of this water by putting a corpse in it. Why don't you guys jump in and try to take Toby back out? Why am I listening to you? <laughs> I don't know, but it's working so far. <laughs> you know what? Fine. This is room six and you haven't stopped yet. Fine. So. Keebler and Rupert shall. They feel bad about. Desecrating the water and the corpse simultaneously. That's what you get for listening. Shut up! <laughs> so they shall uh, attempt to remove Toby from the water. Alright, uh, no big deal. Like, they are able to jump in. It's a little over over their waists. Yep. And you grab him and drag him out of there and throw him back up on the side of the pool, right. for lack of a better term. And we'll go through the pool okay. to the door. Alright, you're stepping on all these gems. As you go, they're like inset into the floor of the pool, but that's where the light is coming from. Is well, either the gems are making the light, or the light is shining through the gems. Well, hopefully on our way back we can try and figure that out. But considering the fact that we had someone try and pry our gem loose once already and got seared to death, mm-hmm. we're not very encouraged to try. Crazy it. about that. Okay, I'm okay. I'm gonna have to. Scale of one to two, I feel like one. <laughs> <laughs> That's me most days. Zero to two, I should say. 
Uh. All right, the the pool does not get deeper toward the other end. Like you, for strange reasons, you expect it to, right? But it doesn't. How deep is it? Three feet. So shrinkage. I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the doorway at the other end, the crystal men are just kind of hovering around. Uh, the doorway at the other end is open and it leads to a spiral staircase going down. Okay. Let's open it and go now. You should open it. No, I've done enough <laughs> stuff. Your turn. Alright, I'll open it. Alright, it opens. Into, uh... A long, narrow room with a door on the in the far wall. There are several ledges around the edge of the room holding miniature clay soldiers and two tables in the middle of the room with armies of opposing soldiers laid out around buildings and hills. Huh. It looks like either someone's into wargaming or it's like the battle planning room. What was the name of that one... Uh, it was in China, the, uh, the Terracotta Army. Yeah, it's like those, but small. I mean, the guys are just that big. Nope, so are we going to skirt around? Sure. Okay, we shall skirt. We're still in seven, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought we went in the eight since we're talking about the figurines. No, no the figurines are little and on tables in seven and along the shelves on, along the wall. Oh, I see. Never mind. So... Seven is the RPG in Minnie's Hall. Eight is the Larkin Hall. Yes. So we'll go to eight. Okay, okay. we shall proceed. Uh, you open the door into eight. The door opens up upon a breathtaking scene. An enormous three-tiered chamber spreads before you. So by three-tiered, I mean this is a tier up high. And then there's this level that goes around the room, and then where all these guys are is kind of a pit below the level that you're on. Okay. okay. An oversized throne rests upon a raised dais at the far end of the room. Seated on the throne is a clay warlord that resembles the giant statue you saw earlier. A pulsating light emanates from a crystal globe atop the throne. Below the dais at floor level, Seven statues of clay generals stand motionless. Those guys. Mm -hmm. Below them, in a huge pit that runs the length of the length of the room, stands an army of clay soldiers. There are dozens of soldiers arrayed in marching formation, their clay armor and clay spears equipped for war. <clears throat> a great stillness pervades the room. It is the stillness of death, the silence of a tomb. Then suddenly. Before you can react, the stillness is broken as the clay warlord jerkily raises an arm toward Dog. his generals. Into, oh, then the entire army takes a lurching step forward, <laughs> shattering the silence with the Tramp of Doom. I met the Tramp of Doom once. Yeah, but you got her killed in room three. Okay. Um, well, finish? <clears throat> no. Okay. Um, is there any relationship between these and the creatures or the figures on the tables we just passed that we can discern? There were. Are you going back to look, or are you trying to rem remember? Well, I'll start remembering, and if they start moving towards us, then I'll go back to look. Give an int check. Nineteen. Uh, you just like, gosh, I wish I'd looked at those dudes. 
closer earlier. Uh, but no, they are not arrayed in the same way. And you remember, like, on the tables there were dudes that looked like generals, but there were four of them. And they were in silver, and there were seven in this room, and it just doesn't look analogous. But, with that 19, you do think, hey, weren't there seven guys in here that we smashed all their skulls? Huh. And seven generals there, and the generals did not move. They were completely inert. We have the masks. Actually, yeah, Kiwa took them. He said he was taking them for designs or something later. Interesting. Let's put on the mask. Do we all think we're generals? Is there enough of us? No, we're a short one. It's okay. Okay, so six of us will put on a mask. And one has a mask on his hand. <laughs> put it on the back of it. No, no, no. We, we just put it on Toby and just kind of carry him with us. <laughs> Weekend of Toby's. Poor Toby. God. <laughs> All right, that is a uh, interesting. Uh, well, what what are you going to do, like once you have them on? Okay, point back to the guy. <laughs> hey, give me someone who thinks they can do it. Give me a personality check. Oh, hey, Senator Mitch McConnell will do that. Keebler is the second. I'm guessing. Nineteen. Okay, let's see what Keeler does. Uh, Thirteen, so no. What do you mean, no? Why no? Well, he had the higher number. Okay, well, I mean, you both actually do it. You're like, hey guys, follow my lead. And you both uh, do this pretty convincingly. Uh, let's see here. This is the Warlord's Elite Guard, preserved and reanimated for eternity. The characters have no hope of defeating the 70 warriors, 7 generals, and Warlord. <laughs> you were going to roll for initiative. <laughs> Sorry, well, on. just so that way we have a we had an order. Sure. <laughs> My other idea was to shoot the uh, use the cross or the the short bow and shoot the crystal. Or just throw Toby. <laughs> All right. Hey, Toby's Toby's carrying this. When we're not carrying him, he's carrying the team, man. Yeah. The welcome to D and D. Where the soldiers had like taken their first step forward. And then a second step, and the first line of them was ready to, like, climb out of the pit. And they see you don the masks of the generals, and they halt. (laughs) And you're, like, kind of commanding them to about-face and attack that guy. And so they about-face, and they lower their spears. And the warlord at the other end is like, you know, again, all clay... (laughs) But he's like, no, them, them. No, oh, them, them. <laughs> and, For a uh, second there, I had an image out of the mummy, and then, like, as soon as it popped in my head, it transferred into Strange Brew, and all the guys in the hockey armor are, like, advancing and pushing the guy oh, into the beer. With well, the sticks, so. well, the last words of, me- of a manifest, by the way. Moving on. So you seem to be at an impasse, because as soon as they, they march a couple steps toward the warlord, his force of will or whatever commands them to turn and march toward you and then they march toward you and see you and then they turn and march back so you're just kind of at a okay. weird I'm do the American Sign Language for Indian sitting cross leg style okay at them see if they they do that they sit down they sit down cross legged and uh, rest their spears across their laps crisscross applesauce 
a lot of free time when you're a parsnip farmer. And wait. <laughs> okay. Um, Rupert is going to try and shoot the crystal because he's smart. Okay. Uh, that would be a 17 to shoot the crystal. You hit the crystal with an arrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, the arrow just... Doesn't do anything. Yeah, so it seems to be a very solid crystal. And it's still giving these like weird pulses of light. Do we have a hammer somewhere? Kipu's got a hammer. Oh yeah, so does he now. Small hammer. The warlord gets up off of his throne... And begins to advance around what is my left side of the room toward you. His spear pointed at you. So he's sick of the stalemate and he starts marching up the aisle toward you. Which way? This way? Yeah. We start going this way. <laughs> I'll get us closer to the crystal so we can hammer it too. He tries to quicken his pace. And you quicken your pace, and I mean, basically, you can stay diametrically opposite of him. <laughs> so Scooby-Doo. My goal is to get to the crystal. Yeah. All right. So uh, he ends up where you were mm-hmm. at the start end of the room, and you end up up on the dais uh, by the crystal, and he keeps advancing around mm-hmm. uh, the horn towards you, but you've got plenty of time to examine the crystal. Grab the crystal. Okay. Hold it up. While he's doing that with the crystal, I'll order them again. So in theory, he's got to stop and try to order them back mm-hmm. before they attack us, so that will stop him approaching while he's uh, examining the crystal a little more time. Okay, that works. I'm just going to grab the crystal, and then with the mask and the crystal, just... I run the show now. Okay, they don't seem to respect the crystal particularly. Respect the crystal. Okay. Uh, but yes, it does buy him more time, because he's got to stop and... They, you know, get up and advance on him, and then he's got to get, no, go that way, and they turn an about-face and take a couple steps toward you. Uh, the crystal. The other option is to smash the crystal. That's what I thought you were going to do. Well, I'll be doing that next, since this one didn't work. <laughs> well, it's good that I'd watch more time, then. Well, I was thinking. <laughs> well, you, you said the mummy, and I'm starting to think, you know, it's like the Book of Amun-Ra. Uh, it emits an ongoing light. It seems to be valuable. As a work of art. Looking at it, it is not showing you anything at this time. So you can either smash it or stuff it in a sack. Be your choice. I'm greedy. We'll we'll stuff it in Rupert's empty chest. Okay. Checking the duck out. The the warlord guy is like super big. Uh, No, he's actually human size. Okay. So it looks like a big big statue. He's... Maybe a little bigger. Okay. It's all right, I get He does not have stats different than the soldiers. Okay. Can we tell if there are any other exits to this room? Uh, give me a... Are we dealing with, uh, like, D&D elf stuff? Not until you become an elf. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh... You're, you're elf. It's fun. One day I'll be... <laughs> Give me an imp check, both of you. Nine. You can do it for each of your characters. Should have said the few bits for Oh, I can? Um, 17 for Rupert. Seven, uh, 6 for Keebler. 13. 6. 4. Okay. Dumber as I go down the line. Rupert 
Like, you're all like, we've got to figure out how to get out of here. Now the clay soldiers are starting to advance, and Rupert finds a hidden door. Which, it's so nice of me to put the map down with the big S on it. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you find a hidden door uh, at the back of the dais on the right side. Uh, panel slides, and there is a hallway. You want to book it down the hallway? Sure. Booking down the hallway. All right. At the end of the long hallway, there is a spartanly appointed room containing simple wooden shelves. Um, sorry. Before we go down the hallway, is what's this butt still coming at us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do whatever sign language it takes to the soldiers to get them to follow us down the hall and stay between. <laughs> that was inappropriate, and uh, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> keep them between, or at least a detachment of them between us and the warlord. Okay, you get the front seven, which right. were advancing, and you order them to follow and guard. Right. In Basically our rear guard. Yeah. So you get through the door, seven of them follow. At the end of the long hallway is a spartanly appointed room containing simple wooden shelves, a camp chair, and a sleeping pallet. The wooden shelves hold a bronze rod, a copper brazier, fine weapons and armor, and a brass fountain. In the center of the floor is a large pentacle with a perfect crystal circle at its center. Inside the circle is a stone table on which rests a wrinkled ancient body whose countenance matches the war wizards. At the head of the table is a concave depression. So that's a lot. There are shelves with a bronze rod, a copper brazier, fine weapons and armor, and a tome. There's a pentacle on the floor that has a circle, a crystal circle in the middle of the pentacle, and inside the circle is the stone table with the body of the mummified body of the warlord. And also on the table is a there's a dent, a concave dent. Is it crystal sized? It's uh yeah. It looks like your crystal would fit in that dent just about right. Okay. Do you want to read the, the book or something, or do you want to just drop the crystal and see what happens? The book. Sure. Drop it and see what happens. Put the crystal just in the, the head off. Do that. Okay. Gazing into the crystal ball, you see an endless field of bright stars on a faint gray background. A ghostly image of the war wizard drifts in the star-strewn ether, perfectly still. Then a harsh, goat-like face, yes, goat-like, fills the full sphere, staring intently at you. That must be his dad. I have waited a long time for someone to take the warlord's place, (laughs) says the strange goat man in a deep voice. His astral voyage was cut short before he could rekindle the spark of his mortal coil. I am still in need of an ally on your world. Fill this copper brazier, brazier, with... <laughs> Heidi died. Heidi's dead, yeah. With wood from a dryad's tree and ignite it with the spark of a living fire. The blaze will reveal the location of the other half of the rulership rod. Find that for me, and you shall be rewarded. Then the globe dims to a mirror crystal. Should I, like... I got nothing. Smash the crystal. Smash the crystal and hack up the mummy. Okay, so... (laughs) 
Uh, Rupert. <laughs> I is, can sense you dying a little bit. No, it's fine. <laughs> Rupert is totally done with this and takes the crystal and heaves it against the wall as hard as he can. All right, strength check. It makes a dent in the wall, but it's uh, a pretty durable crystal. Does not shatter. Xena has a small hammer, which she will loan to the urchin. Who will try to hit it? This is almost like an Avengers movie. Yes. <clears throat> hit it with my hammer. She'll throw the hammer across the room in slow motion, yeah. and the urchin will grab it out of the air and on the downswing, smash the gem. And probably break his wrist with that. Uh, break, <laughs> breaks the hammer. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That was a seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, well. And you can hear the terracotta warlord yeah. in the hall smashing his way through the uh, soldiers as you're doing this. He's got two of them, you think. Did, but we, did we get any wood? Uh, th- this would be another quest at another time. This is like find the wood from a dryad's tree. Yeah, it's only quite your thing. It's kind of yeah specific. Um, okay, what does the book say? Uh, the tome is written in a language so ancient it is indecipherable to modern man. A wizard who studies it may discover a spell of the judge's choosing. So, uh, basically, since you aren't a wizard, it's just gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. Looks important, but. Important for wiser heads than you. Okay. Alright, so take everything and then we gotta go kill this terracotta dude. Because we're kind of at our journey's end here. Can I try with a dagger to smash the gem again? Sure. Or a club? While he's doing that... Does that make a difference what I try to use? No. While he's doing that, Keebler is going to behead the the, uh, uh, desiccated corpse. For fuck's sake. Or at least try to. You don't have to roll. It, okay. it is not resisting or moving or anything. It's just literally like a mummy. Okay. So you do that without trouble. Okay. Uh, Did they, the guy fall down? No. Shit. The terracotta warlord is still mowing his way through his own soldiers. Is there anywhere where a mask would be hidden in here? Uh, give me a search check. Intelligence. 18. Nope. It's too simple of a room. What you what what you see is what's here. Uh, but there's like a dais type deal. There was a table with a mummy on it. Now a headless mummy. Um, is it a solid table? Yeah, it's like stone. Does it look like there could be something in? No, it's up on. It's open underneath, like it's oh. on legs. Okay. All right, let's fight the beast. Then. Okay, we will shove everything into the into Rupert's chest for later use. Okay. And then... Uh, there are, is an assortment of weapons here. Good quality oh, weapons. What kind of weapons? Long sword. A long bow. Long bow's damage? Long sword is D8. A long bow is D6. No better than a short bow. It has better range. Uh, a mace, D6. A spear, D8. Battle axe, D10. Dagger and hand axe. Keepler's upgrading to the good... Battle axe. Yeah, so the not minus one battle axe. Yeah. Okay. Do weapon types matter in this? Not. For instance, where you're fighting a stone creature normally in D and D, there might be an advantage to a D six mace versus a D eight spear. No. Okay. Okay. What about uh, the armor? Uh, suit of scale mail so, plus four. So probably what you're already wearing. Okay. 
that we woke up to. Yeah. Oh, I'm full. Yeah, I'll put one on. Senator Mitch McConnell. You will quickly down the scale, man. Alright, as you get prepared for the uh, incipient battle, the warlord, the terracotta warlord, steps into the room, brandishes his spear at you, and says, Roll for initiative! <laughs> How meta? I have a five! Uh, I have a fourteen. I'm gonna rock. Shit's finally kicking it. Alright, Team Jack. Okay, um, here we go. So we're going to. Rupert shall try and hit him with the bow first. Okay. Uh, that would be a. Add your agility on that. Ten to hit? Uh, misses. Okay, and then Cuba with the battle axe. That would be a 16 to hit. Hits. Four, six damage. Okay. Uh, you swing and just knock a great big, like it breaks and hunks of shoulder and stuff fall and the thing staggers. It's going to go and strike back at Rupert. I think you mean Keebler. Keebler, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Rupert. Misses. Yeah. Uh, 12 to hit. Misses. With the spear. Okay. Team Brian. All right. Scooter with the spear in the reliquary. 20 on the die. Okay. Hits. And give me a d4 plus your luck. Zero. Forceful blow. Plus 1d6 damage, but you are disarmed. Okay. As in weapon, not, yeah, as, in, you... not as in the Gandian style of disarming. Right. 13... I guess the spear sticks in the... Or the... Yeah, the spear yeah. gets caught in it. But 13 points of damage. Uh, that kills it. Go. Uh, and... Yeah. The urchin laughs in its face. <laughs> Shatters into... Uh, You're so old. Pieces, and then... And you kind of, like, you could hear vaguely the stepping and stomping of the remaining 63 soldiers. Yeah. And that all goes totally still. Okay. Why didn't we do that to begin with? Well, at least we didn't have to smash the gem for that. Um, all right, let's loot the room. Well, well, we already got everything out of room nine. Room eight, I already got the crystal. Let's check room seven. Uh, that's where taking what, taking that's a closer look at room seven, you see that, like, yeah, there's all these clay soldiers, but four of the soldiers are silver. The generals are done in solid silver. They're worth 20 gold We'd pieces. We take all the stuff, we take it out and sell it on peasant eBay to the Warhammer groups. eBay? <laughs> that was a good one. That's My point is, <laughs> that's probably the most profitable part of the dungeon right there. <laughs> well, we'll have to figure out the shipping costs. But, yeah. All right. Yeah, you've essentially looted the dungeon, so you didn't really miss anything. So yeah, you make it back out and remember something, you know, there was a rumor that a dryad has been seen in the forests east of here. Are we really going to be Baphomet's bitches? Seriously? No. Might go see the dryad and say, hey, 
we're not going to kill you, but just so you know, we're metal like that. So your surviving characters yes. gain 10 XP, which is enough to make you level 1. Mm-hmm. And someday in the distant future or near future, we will play a level 1. You did pretty well in the funnel. Um, Except for the whole, let's just hit it. <laughs> well, yeah, you could have, if someone had just ran around and whacked on the Warlord, that would have shut it down quickly, but you're not supposed to know that. Right. Um, what would happen if someone tried to pry those up? Same thing, Light Blast? Well, actually, that's kind of funny. No, the you can just pry the gems out of the pool, and if you pry enough of them out, the leakage into the room below dissolves the Clay Warriors. <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. That is cool. <laughs> Was there anything else that we missed? What, what's Telling the deal with the crystal the dudes? What? Empty room. What's the deal with the, the crystal ball thing that we got? Uh, Besides what we did. Just that it gave you a quest and... Cause, uh, it's a like a scrying stone. It's a palantir. Okay. And it'll be relevant if you're a wizard. And there was a trigger... I'm guessing there was a trigger pad in room two? No, it was just at a convenient time. Oh. And then room three was... The trigger was opening a door? Yeah, if, if you left the room, then it would right. start shooting. Was the mask thing that we didn't eat in the book? Nope. But I had to roll with it because it was good. It I mean, it made good. sense. And yeah. uh, you guys good. did really good on your personality check, so it, it totally helped. It, it, see, that part to me was hilarious. That was almost like um, Monty Python levels of absurd, and that's... Well, that seemed... I mean... That seemed logical to me because that's an old school kind of setup. Right. Know? I mean, like, masks here, here's are always this, significant. Here's this non-magic item in room A that will be useful for you to solve a puzzle in room G. Right. And if you skip room A, you can't, then yeah, you have to bludgeon your way through. But ideally, yeah. And that's that's why I decided I had to roll with it, and I think that's almost an oversight in the construction of the dungeon. So yes. if we play this again, basically we're going to pick one of these four to continue? No, you could actually continue. I'd say just pick two and Jack could take his two. Okay. And you'd make a level or, you know, just pick a class. And will we get actual hit points? Yes, point? you will get an actual like D8 hit points plus your starting hit points. Let's hit The Chip Wiley Geek Actual Playing Community Theater Podcast is brought to you by Baron Von Productions. Dungeon Crawl Classics was created and is published by Goodman Games. For more information, check out www.chipwileyvalleygeek.com. You're as good as dead. Dungeons Crawl Clat. Shut up. Uh, Wouldn't that be cool to have a starter adventure literally titled The One from the Book? Yeah. One from the Book. That would probably have to be the case if you had like a friend's RPG.
Because anyway, it's yeah. or Seinfeld or, or Seinfeld RPG. Yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, all the Friends episode names were like the one where Ross trips or something like that. Oh, so, okay, I get it. Anyway. I was thinking more like Heidi in the Alps. Yeah. Alpopop could be a Swiss name. You don't know. You don't know, man. Right. <clears throat> I'm just thinking of heaving bosoms when I'm thinking of oh, oh. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> You're a sick man, well, Brian. Kind of, hey, like I said, I'm a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a long, lonely room.